Hello, and welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to usher in the new age of humanity, which we've been calling Homo Spiritus, by practicing dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try en masse. And that one thing is the, a connection to our higher self, and which is a, 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 a part of our true anatomy. And people call this by various different names. Um, you can go back to past podcasts and <laughs> kind of dig some of that out. But our prime directive above all else as human beings is to um, is to connect to and constantly return to this one thing connection day in and day out breath in and breath out really is what it's come down to as our first step in dealing with any life problems rather than viewing life problems as things that we can solve separately from the one thing from the source of all life and in this episode it's kind of uh, juicy we're going to be exploring what cancel culture attitude is really all about and how it undermines homo spiritus and we'll offer some tips uh, for how to disconnect yourself from this toxic yet all too popular mindset. Indeed, we will. So buckle your seatbelts. You know, uh, Lori and I have the perspective that collectively, thank goodness, there are individuals who are an exception to what we're about to say. But collectively, we've lost the ability to distinguish between cancel behavior and accountability behavior. Cancel behavior is where uh, where people are censored, groups are censored, uh, versus accountability having to do with uh, with taking responsibility for the impacts of our choices. Um, people are, in general, no longer taught how to be effective choice makers because, in Lori's and my opinions, society no longer values healthy self sovereignty and discourse if it ever really did value those things. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> healthy discourse is how we, uh, is it's really how we evolve, right? And spiritually self-sovereign choice making. So when we, when I, let's just break that down. Spiritually meaning connected to the source of life. Self-sovereign meaning we honor and acknowledge and recognize that we have the capacity to be sovereign and then make choices from that perspective, it is a divine birthright. And it's a master life skill that is aligned in this embodiment of the one thing, or, or you know, it's, it's a, it's a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Congruent. It's a congruency with the one thing. And it's what makes it possible for humanity to actually step into our next evolutionary phase of integrating our spiritual self and our animal self into a healthy version of homo deus, if you will, that is a conduit or an instrument or a vessel of the one thing in the, in the physical universe. This is the idea of as above, so below. Some people have heard over over eons of time, as on earth or as it is or in heaven or on earth as it is in heaven. That's <laughs> one of my favorite lines. I couldn't get it out. Um, and it's it's actually interestingly enough one of the primary reasons that the U.S. and all free societies are modeled after this um, this idea, right? This 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 choice making capacity, this freedom to have choice. Um, we, we were created as these higher, uh, these higher dimensions understood 
life as life on earth and in, in the US and other free societies were meant to be as a divine birthright. Yes, well said. And for us, spiritual self-sovereignty is the essence of what freedom is really about. And I think that gets lost a lot of the time with that word freedom. Uh, so I, yeah. I just wanted to kind of connect those two terms more explicitly. And, and we could even add another element to that, which is we don't get to have anything, any of those, either of those, if we don't have a truly functioning democracy. Absolutely. Yes. Democracy as, as was intended. As right? was intended, which includes discourse and not cancel culture. Exactly. And what Lori and I mean by discourse is authentic dialogue, not uh, mudslinging matches right. designed for one perspective to drown out and cancel out another perspective. Perfect uh, distinction. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, very few parents, educators, clergy, journalists, or elected officials, in our perspective, effectively model spiritually self-sovereign choice-making or leadership or education, let alone teach the foundation, uh, the foundational building blocks that make spiritual self-sovereignty possible. Exactly. And there are really three foundational building blocks that we believe are most needed for developing into spiritual self-sovereign choice makers. And these are what we're going to be covering and talking about through uh, the rest of our episode now. Mm -hmm. The first of those, uh, the first spiritual self-sovereignty building block is spiritual self-responsibility. Right. And most people actually have this backwards. They rely on culture, government, media, religion, family, and educational programming to inform how they should think and feel about various topics and issues instead of fully, fully thinking things through themselves through connection with the one thing. And it really should be the other way around. If something is crossing our awareness, whether it's for the first time or the 10,000th 10, 10, time, <laughs> we need to connect first and, and fully think from that connection and ask what a higher truth might be or what the, you know, what the deeper meaning and messaging and, and essence of the thing that's crossing our awareness is. Um, not fall into the trap of being led externally before we have a good internal perspective that's been informed by the source of all life. Oh, yes. And so what we're really saying about this is that collectively, and again, thank goodness there are individuals who have not gotten caught in this, but collectively we have turned culture, government, the media, religion, and family and educational programming into our higher power. Instead of placing these information sources in service to the one thing. Exactly. I mean, seriously, that is the crux of it all. What David just said, we have given over uh, to other sources, uh, 
and, and act as if that's our higher power. And it's not, there's only one higher power. There's only one higher presence and it's the one thing and we all have connection to it. And yeah, we need to practice, you know, building the muscle to, of that connection so that we can influence everything we do all day long from that connected place. Um, but the more of the time that we look to outside sources to tell us what to believe and, um, you know, that, that just makes things get worse. Right. And we, we're, we're in the middle of seeing that right now. This is the, this is the, um, the transparency that's sort of hitting us in the face right now is that we rely on so much externally that we, the, the ground underneath us is becoming very shaky. Um, and so the more we allow ourselves to be informed by our inner relationship with life, um, with nature, whatever you want to call it, with love that is the fabric of the universe, um, then our lives will be renewed regularly, constantly, with every breath, actually, if, if you're willing to put some present moment focus onto that, our lives will be renewed and elevated. And with that, then the more society and government will be renewed and elevated. And that's what we all want. We yell and scream and, you know, we have tantrums about it, but yet we're not doing these foundational underpinnings that would actually allow for that to come to, you know, to unfold in those ways. And we need to stop doing that backwards. Mm, absolutely. That's, that's one of the, the big points we're wanting to make in this episode is that we've got this upside down. We've got we've got cause and effect backwards. We've got uh, the tail wagging the dog. And to say it even a step more bluntly, the source of all life, higher wisdom, higher love, whatever you call taught whatever you call that that higher wisdom and love the source of all life would never choose divisiveness political jockeying canceling or harming any part of life and that is really important in Lori's and my opinions to drive home the source of all life would never choose those things Right. Seemingly yeah. separated egos choose those things, not the source of all life. Yes, exactly. The source of all life is exquisitely collaborative uh, and loving, right? So what we are seeing today is a, is a misuse of that energy. So yeah, what David just said is spot on. So spiritual self-sovereignty building block number two is spiritually informed critical thinking. Mm-hmm. And to kick that off about spiritually informed critical thinking, we'll start off by talking about the opposite of that, which is ego informed thinking that passes for being critical. And one of my um, sound bites that I'm, I've been the most known for for decades and decades is an ego in search of evidence always finds it. And I'm going to say it again because it's to me, it's that important. An ego, when we're in an ego state, whatever we search for evidence of, we can always find it. However, higher guidance in search of expression always does that, always does that expression. Yeah, exactly. And it becomes a vicious circle because when an ego is in search of evidence and finds it, then it can 
uh, it can justify its its rightness, if you know what I mean. So um, spiritually guided critical thinking is the ability to, in connection with the one thing, distinguish facts from spin and to objectively analyze the information, not overanalyze, because that's just that's just being fear in fear, but objectively analyze without overanalyzing information in ways that place what's useful and in service to higher guidance. So, you know, we've talked in previous episodes about how to tap into our embodied self to get guidance and um, the, the sense of what's right and what's not right in any given moment. And that's partly what we're talking about here. We have thinking capacity and intelligence in every cell of our being. It's not just in our brain. So we need to be fully engaged in our body and present. And then we can, in that way, distinguish, distinguish facts from spin. Exactly. And, and I really love what you're saying. I want to emphasize the both and in what you're saying, which is we look at information and you're absolutely right. I agree with you. It's not about overanalyzing it. We look at information and we seek higher guidance about how to understand that information, how to put that information in service to higher love and wisdom rather than in service to our egos biases about what we're going to cancel out. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to offer three very brief examples. We could do whole episodes on all of these, but just to uh, move from the conceptual a little bit more toward the application of this, we're going to go through very, three very quick examples of this. Right. So the first one would be any message, and that would be including from your own mind, <laughs> the way you speak to yourself in your own head by anyone else, including, you know, teachers, parents, um, you know, peers, people that you have great respect for, government leaders, anything, any message that's driven by fear versus an, a message of empowerment is it's a it's clear right there the message from fear is an example of um well how would you say that sweetie it, it's it's an example of what to beware of and break down from your spiritual self-sovereignty and either find a truth in it or st just don't just step away from it move yourself in a direction that feels more empowering Exactly. And the kind of empowerment that Lori is talking about, which I think you have pieced together, I'm just going to make it fully explicit, is love promoting empowerment, yes. not fear promoting power abuse. Right? No, exactly. Empowerment is... Oh, this you, we, we know that we've all had this experience in our life and, and we feel it in our gut. This is someone who is has my back, who is standing for my greatest good, um, who, who is giving me a sense of empowerment versus, like David just said, the, uh, an abuse of power. Fear-based messaging is an abuse of power, right? And we are so um, hooked by it. We, we, there's so It's rampant in our culture that we, do, we think it's normal and it's not. It's, it's, there's nothing normal about being driven by fear. If yes, exactly. If you think that the 
peddlers of fear porn are uh, peddlers of empowerment, we urge you to think again. Anyone that peddles fear porn, uh, uh, you know, this this turning everything into the sky is falling and uh, and they some blanket them out there is the enemy and they have to be destroyed in order for us to be okay that kind of fear porn is uh is not empowerment if we feel quote unquote empowered by those kinds of messages it's simply because we're getting stoned we're getting high off of uh off of a a spell that's being cast not off of actually uh, actual love-based, love-centric, love-promoting empowerment. Exactly. Our head gets high on fear. Our heart gets high on empowerment and love. So yeah. the, the, the distinction of that is really important. And if you don't know that in yourself, then explore it um, because it'll ha- be harder to do this work if you don't have that distinction in yourself. No question. Yeah. And start with small things that don't have any consequences in your life. You know, just, just whatever, which way you're going to drive to work tomorrow morning and you know what you're going to have for lunch, do, do inconsequential um, internal checks to, to find how to distinguish between fear and love in your head and your heart. That's the way to build these muscles. Yeah. 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 Um, It's hard to start with big decisions that, you know, have high consequences because then, you know, it'll be, it'll be more fear-based. So anyway, the other example we uh, have is that FOMO. I mean, everyone has this idea that they, they, they have a fear of missing out and it's, it's one of the ways we leave our higher connection. And, and then we, we, we continue to get driven by these external um, seductions, if you will. Um, there's, there's so many things to choose from in life. We, can, we can't possibly choose them all. Our heart, our sacred self knows exactly what's right for you, for me, for Dave, for each of us in any given moment, as long as we're connected. And that's the way we get the guidance is by being connected. And then there's nothing we're missing out on because everything we need is right here, right now in this present moment. Mm-hmm. And if we connect, if we try to connect with our heart and what we find in our heart is fear, it's important to realize that that's a heart takeover. That is not heart as Lori's talking about it. Right. Real heart is a sense of serenity, a a place, you know, a center point of calm. And again, that feeling of being empowered. Um, It could be a heart takeover. It could be your own emotions taking it over from past stuff, trauma, you know, external influences. There's a a lot of ways that the heart gets taken over, but yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Our third example of, uh, of this, Uh, notion of spiritually informed critical thinking is to go to YouTube or, uh, or just go to the world economic forum website either way and watch any world economic forum video or read any of their documents that are related to agenda 2030. Doesn't matter which one, it's just a uh, an exercise, a practice exercise. Read, read or watch whatever you want put out by the World Economic Forum regarding what they call Agenda 2030. And notice how 
the messages in those videos and documents sound high-minded. Then next, look for critiques of Agenda 2030 and, and read those or watch those videos. And look for the high-mindedness in those critiques and assume that both the World Economic Forum's narrative about Agenda 2030 and the critiques of Agenda 2030 are biased in seemingly opposite ways. Again, an ego in search of evidence. They're, they're making their case and they're going to support their case and they're going to leave out anything that contradicts their narrative. And as you're listening or reading to both sets of narratives about Agenda 2030, the World Economic Forum's narrative and, uh, and, and a critique of that, practice separating the principles of higher love and wisdom that you find in each of those sets of messages from the narratives or the editorials that they're making about those principles of higher love and wisdom, or separate those higher principles from the means that are being advocated for achieving those principles of higher love and wisdom, and bring those principles to whatever your version of Todd is. Bring those principles to your version of higher love and wisdom for guidance about how to make sense of them and how to integrate the principles of higher love and wisdom that the Agenda 2030 proponents and the Agenda 2030 opposers are trying to illuminate. Right. And like a lot of things, um, the middle road is real. <laughs> the Goldilocks formula is real. There's usually, you know, good from either side, and, and it's a combination of that good in the, in the middle without too much swinging off to one side or the other. And, and what I'm going to add there is that when, when the swinging from one side to, or, or to one side or the other happens, what is good gets perverted. That's excellent point. Absolutely. And this is our point of this episode is being, having the distinction, being, being aware enough, being connected enough to, to recognize that which has gotten perverted, that which has become spin from something good is important for all of us to be able to, 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 to see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Okay, so and then spiritual self-sovereignty building block number three is spiritually collaborative co-creation. Mm -hmm. And this is where each of us brings our connected relationship with source into our discourse and problem solving with diverse people, people from uh, who hold diverse perspectives about whatever the theme or issue or challenge happens to be. Right. I like how you said perspectives, because that's not the same thing as an opinion, right? I think the ego really loves its opinions and wants to sort of, um, you know, protect them with, with a lot of uh, fervor. <laughs> and a perspective is a way of seeing something that just feels right 
to the person holding the perspective, but they're not attached to making everyone else feel the same way. Yes. What's built into perspectives is humility. It's a mm -hmm. humility that says, yes, I've done a deep dive into whatever part of the bigger picture I've done a deep dive into. And I think I can speak pretty uh, effectively and, and accurately on behalf of what I've done a deep dive into without forgetting that I've just done a deep dive into a part of a larger picture that none of us sees by ourselves, that we can only assemble through discourse, through combining our various perspectives in uh, that arise from the deep dives into parts of a larger picture that each of us have done differently. That's diversity. Beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, this next thing I'm going to say reminds me of yin and yang. So in Chinese medicine and in a human body, the idea of yin and yang is that yin nourishes yang and yang moves yin. And they can't really exist without the other. And yin becomes yang and yang becomes yin. So there's this constant exchange, I guess, is the best way to say it. And this is this is a perfect collaboration of two different energies <laughs> that actually aren't two different energies, but in terms of being in the physical, they need to operate as two different energies. So people who operate from spiritually collaborative willingness to be in, a, you know, in co-creation and in, in um, relational exchange of ideas, um, this is on behalf of the, of, of the highest individual well-being and the highest collective harmony. Usually when we connect to our higher uh, source of wisdom, it's always going to be good for the individual and good for the whole. And this, this is a balance and a harmony of energy that is the ideal expression that we would call justice. And, you know, yes, we have legal systems set up and yes, we, you know, we feel like sometimes we've been, you know, there's been a lack of justice toward us, or there's a lot of lack of justice on the planet or however we would see this. But if you want there to be more justice, if I want that, if, if David, if any of us wants that, then um, holding a balance of harmony and justice and co-collaboration in our own hearts and heads and with another individual and with you know our families and that kind of thing, that's what facilitates it at a larger scale. Mm -hmm. Well said. And so before we get to takeaways, here's a pretty hard hitting punchline, which is any person or narrative, no matter whether they seem to be aligned with you or not, any person or narrative that does not support these three spiritual self-sovereignty building blocks of spiritual self-responsibility, spiritually informed critical thinking, and spiritually collaborative co-creation supports what we call cancel culture. This is what cancel culture is really about. It's not one side doing the canceling of the other side and the other side is an innocent victim. This is happening across the spectrum. Beware of those who define cancel culture more narrowly than this. Beautiful. And 
it may be that this is the first time you've heard a perspective such as this, right? So we really invite you to chew on it and, and bring it to your heart and your higher self and, and you know, really um, land your feet in a, in a place that feels right for you in regards to this higher, um, more expanded way of considering cancel culture. Yes. In fact, this is one of those episodes where it may really serve you to listen to this twice. Yeah. Yeah. Or just take note of the timestamp where you heard something that was really valuable to you. Yeah. So let's just talk about a couple of takeaways here. And the first, um, is take inventory of the sources from where you get your information. You know, how, how are you informed? And if the centerpiece uh, is culture, government, media, religion, family, education, and there are, you know, age old, eon age old programs in there like disempowerment and, you know, you, you can't do it and all that kind of stuff. Or if you're, if you're informed by your own ego or your self-righteousness, Consider that you have placed something that is not higher love and wisdom into the position of your higher power and and then start just giving the reins over back every time you notice it. I mean, this isn't just a one and done thing. You'll just kind of observe this throughout your days, weeks, months, you know, ahead and, and, and realize, oh, there's another place that I have completely given the reins over to something external to me. And I don't even know if what they're saying is actually right or true. Um, and, you know, you'll, if you, so first, that's the first thing to do is just be in that observation and notice where your sources of being informed are outside of yourself. And then the, the, the way you know that if, um, how can I say this? If you feel attached or defensive about one of those sources, then it's probably a good sign that they hold the power, that, that external information source holds the power and not your higher self. So just take notice. You don't have to beat yourself up. All of us have this. We're all bringing ourselves back into integrity in regards to this and to a center point um, so that we have a, a different um, truth, you know, a true north, if you will. And so just let yourself notice so you can be clear and, and, um, and you know where you stand, so to speak. And, um, you know, then connect to, to connect to the one thing uh, and and just if you have a charge about the stuff that we've just talked about, then ask for help from your higher presence. Just say, hey, I have given my my entire life, I have given my, um, you know, I've given this, my power to this particular place. Let's just say it's, I don't know, government or, camp or culture or whatever, or family. And I'm not sure where, how to be with that. Can you show me? Can you guide me? And I guarantee you, your heart will show you the way and your higher presence will give you um, what you need to, to get right with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of say that from a, a, another vantage point, your human mind, just like Lori's and mine, all of our human minds, uh, but I'm going to say it because I really, I, I want it to land. So I'm going to say it to you. As long as you remember that I'm really talking about all of us, your human mind will provide all the evidence and justification to support you in vehemently believing whatever your human mind is attached 
to making you believe is right. And that process, that attachment, that rightness addiction is a key signal that is alerting you and all of us that you've not included the one thing in your in your perspective development, even if you mean to include the one thing in that. Yeah, beautiful. And you know, I, I find a great uh, a success in writing these things down. Like if I'm really unpacking something like from where am I informed, you know, like we're talking about here, and I make a list of all the places I think that it's from. And, and it just it, it like as a, uh, you know, divide the page in two on the left side is all the places that I, I'm externally informed. And then on the right side, I can start teaching myself how to, uh, how to go inside uh, around that particular place of of information and, and ask and connect and just let that kind of show itself to me, but from an internal perspective of feeling like it's true and right versus this external, um, oh, there's a word I'm looking for. Programming is the word. Mm, yeah. Nice. Well said. So that brings us to the end of this episode and what we're going to be focusing on in our next episode is a piggyback on, on part of what we touched on today, one of the themes from today, which is the chipping away of our freedoms, the chipping away of our spiritual self-sovereignty. So until next time, remember to dance with your better half lightheartedly, as we talked about in our prior episode. Remember to dance with your better half, the one thing, so you can join with all the rest of us who are dedicated to continuing to live more and more fully as homo spiritus.